welcome back. Uh, as we continue our podcast here in the Blue Valley School District, um, again, I'm Superintendent Todd White. Happy to uh, bring to you various topics uh, around the uh, district that are important to us and certainly important to our parents and our community. And today, we have a very special guest, uh, Adam Hamilton, the pastor at Church of the Resurrection here in Leewood and Overland Park, and have served us uh, very well. How many years have you been in Overland Park? Yeah, we started 29 years ago, wow. and but you know this has been my home. I graduated from Blue Valley High School in 1982, so this, my kids, my wife, and my kids all graduated from Blue Valley High School. So yeah, this is home. Yeah, that's awesome. Go Tigers! Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Well, a- Adam, uh, we have been involved in a conversation together along with uh, many other colleagues around the uh, county. Uh, this year, uh, talking about teen suicide and mental health issues, uh, in particular mental health for our uh, for our teen students, and uh, that's resulted in a in a movement that the kids have kind of created called Zero Reasons Why, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But I really wanted to start with this conversation about, uh, from your perspective, being a faith leader in our community, why is it important for us to have a conversation about? What's happening with our students in terms of teen suicide and uh, mental health? Yeah, this is really a critical conversation. And, and part of it is once, once there's been a suicide, once somebody knows somebody who's, who's taken their own life, the likelihood of that happening again increases exponentially. So, you know, everybody walks through times where they feel discouraged, uh, hopeless. We all know despair. This is a part of the human condition. We're all going to feel at moments like, I don't know if I want to go on. And it could be just a momentary, you know, you had a big fight with your parents or your girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with you. But everybody has those moments that, you know, most of the time we sort of, we put those aside. We think them for a moment and we set them aside. But when you had a friend or someone else who has taken their life and you've been at the funeral and, you know, now this is kind of locked in your brain as, as well, you know what, maybe... Maybe life would be better if I wasn't here. You know, that, those kind of thoughts. If nobody's talking about this, right. then you think, A, you're the only one thinking that thought, and B, maybe that really is the best way out. And so, you know, the worst thing we can do is not talk about it. And when we do funerals at the church when there's a suicide, I always ask the parents, would you please let me talk about this? Let's, can we be honest with the kids? Because there's, you know, you're going to have 1,000 or 800 kids who are here at this funeral, and there's, I promise you, there's 50 of them thinking about the same thing. And if we don't talk about it, they're going to keep thinking about it. So help me make a case for them as to why there's hope. And let's bring something good out of this tragedy. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, you know, this this notion about um, having permission and giving ourselves permission in order to talk about this has been one of the things that we've heard from our students. Uh, they have given us uh, some goals uh, for the adults to work on. Uh, in this work, and one of those is to remove the stigma. And as you um, talk about uh, asking the parents, you know, may we talk about this, uh, that's an important ask, but a really difficult one for parents because of the tragedy and and I I dare say the stigma that accompanies this. So are you seeing more and more parents that are giving us permission to to talk about it? Yeah, a lot of times it's all in how you ask, I think, and there is a stigma because, and it's it's a stigma. It's it's a I, I secretly hope this really wasn't suicide. Sometimes it's that. Right. Uh, sometimes it's you know it's feelings of, I you know I love my child so much and I failed them, or I failed as a parent or you know so there's a lot of feelings that get kind of mixed up in there, 
And so to be able to reassure them, this isn't a reflection on you being a failure. This wasn't, you know, this is what happens in life. And because it's what happens, again, here's what I find is a lot of people hope for something good to come out of their terrible tragedies. And so if you can talk about it in that way, we want to help bring something good from this. I find most parents are willing to are willing to do that. And and then after that, it's, you know, and you've seen this here in Blue Valley, the number of parents who lost a child to suicide who now I want to do something to make sure some other family doesn't lose a child to suicide. Yes. So we've had several families yes. who have gotten involved, which is really, again, you want to bring something redemptive out of the pain. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, feeling pain and despair and, and you know, elements of, of hopelessness is part of the human condition. Uh, feeling hope and an opportunity to improve one's position and, and help others is also a part of that human condition. Right. And um, I think that through the conversations that you have had, that we have had collectively in the county, we're giving people an opportunity to uh, pour into that human condition and yeah. find some space there where they can uh, connect. And uh, there's a great deal of wisdom uh, in this community with respect to people that are faith leaders and, and uh, certainly those in education, but also people, as you say, have, that have gone through these very tragic moments but have um, uh, given themselves to others to say, we, we can learn and grow from this. And Absolutely. so we, we, we greatly appreciate their, their help in, in doing so. Todd, I'm so grateful for what you've done in pulling this group together and helping make this happen. I think the uh, Zero Reasons Why campaign and, and just asking these various, getting these various superintendents together and other people, uh, professionals in the mental health area, I, just, I think it's really remarkable. And it's, it's, you know, we've been focusing on this and talking about this at the church in a number of different ways, but that elevated the conversation even at Resurrection because of what you had done in inviting me to be a part of this and, and pulling these groups together. You know, I came back to our team and I said, okay, we're going to do more than what we're doing. And, uh, and so I just want to thank you and the other superintendents for their role in this. I, I appreciate that. You know, um, I think uh, most anything that um, any of us have done that has been significant has been done with a collective of people. Yeah. Uh, and certainly this, uh, this has been one of the more, um, I think, significant things that I've been a, a part of. Uh, and uh, and I appreciate what you've said, but I, I think all of us have come into this uh, knowing that we have a piece and a part to it, and uh, it's been a pleasure uh, to uh, to work with people on this because there's a great amount of synergy around this. You know, right. the, the national statistics today would cite that student suicide is only behind, you know, automobile accidents right. and those sorts of things in terms of taking – the lives of our of our teens, and so this really is an epidemic right. that we're dealing with. And um, parents, in particular, are kind of at a loss right. about how to how to address this. And so I think uh, we, we've had several um, conversations with um, people like BV Well, right? Our parents right. that have saw this as a need, and Mandy Shoemaker. And some of her work is to say it's it's tough to parent today. It is, hard. and uh, I, I know that you see that in your congregation. Sure. And uh, you know, if parents that are listening to this, what can, what can we say to them in terms of uh, recognizing that it's tough to parent today, but that there is some hope, right? Uh, right, and right. Some- and you know, Mandy's doing great work in this, and uh, I think it's tough to parent, and it's also frightening to parent because. Yeah. Sometimes you you know you don't see the signs, or you your kids are depressed, and you you begin worried because you see so many teenagers. You know you begin to worry that, hey, what you know, 
I, I want my kid to be safe, and sometimes they don't want to let you in, right. especially when you're talking to teenagers. You know, they're the door's shut, and they don't really want to talk. I don't want to talk to you now, and and uh, and so you know, I do think that continuing the willingness to continue to have conversations with your kids and say, look, I care so much about you, and there's so much hope. There's so much in store you can't see right now. Or, hey, I just want to be here to talk. Or, you remember this thing? You know this person who who took their life? I don't ever want that to be you. And you know what? There are, I mean, just to be able to have the conversation, Mm -hmm. I think it's important. And then, you know, to be able to say, will you promise me that you're going to reach out for help if you ever feel that way? And, uh, you know, call me or here's the the 1-800 number or whatever. Having those conversations are is really important. It doesn't always guarantee nothing's going to happen. And there are times where, you know, in the suicides, we've, we've had a number of suicides that were connected to our church, family members, friends. How many? How many? Tell our well, listeners. Well, we had, uh, last time I checked, it was 32 in the yeah, last two and a half years, uh, funerals wow. that we had done, yeah. and, which was more than the first, I think, 10 years combined at Resurrection. So mm-hmm. it, it gives you a sense of just what's happening. And, uh, and, and so, you know, again, it becomes important to have the conversations with your kids to be able to say, hey, I, you probably never feel this way, but if you ever did. And I would expand that just a little bit to say, I think David Brooks in the New York Times this week said there were 47,000 suicides in the U.S. last year. And I don't know, I haven't checked out that statistic to see if that was accurate or not. But, uh, you know, so you've got a, an increasing number that are in the teenage group. But for some of your listeners, it might be helpful to know that some of those, actually the single largest category of suicides are um, middle-aged white men, so 45 to 65. Correct. And uh, and so, you know, one of the young men who's working with us on on uh, on uh, Zero Reasons Why, it was his father who took his life. And so this affects, you know, so for teenagers, it's not just the concern about teens, but it's also the concern about parents. parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure that uh, our listeners hear, again, it, with emphasis what you said, regarding be present and continue to have the conversation. We, we know that uh, life's busy for our kids and they, they have a lot of interests and sometimes uh, we, we as parents fade from being the center of that attention at times, but uh, they still want us, they still need us. Uh, certainly that love is, is a part of that you know, conversation. And just to know that you can continue to have that conversation with them and they know that you will be present with them when they need it. Uh, we've heard that over and over again from our students on the on the campaign yeah. about how they've done that. I'd like to talk just a little bit now about, we've referenced it a couple times, but zero reasons why. Yeah. And um, just to kind of give our listeners a little uh, understanding of zero reasons. So um, a group of superintendents in Johnson County came together because we had lost uh, students in every school district uh, in our county. And uh, really just kind of came to a point of um, saying we have to do something different. Uh, Continuing to do what we are currently doing will produce the same results. And we don't like those results. We certainly uh, needed to improve them and address them in a very different way. And so the one thing that we felt like that we could do is just open up the level of conversation. And so we invited thought leaders in our districts and also in our county, people that um, really we felt like could move the needle on this. And certainly, Adam, you were one of those. But we have a, a variety of people. It's a great that, group. Yeah, that yeah. have joined this effort now. Probably 30 to 35 people show up once a month and begin to have this conversation. And uh, one of the things that we did early on is we said that we were going to kind of put the kids at the center of this. Now, certainly our work in education is about 
serving children, but really kind of put them in the driver's seat of saying, what do you need? And then the adults would then provide that. So they've they've formed a, uh, a council. They have a teen council um, representative of every school district in the county. Uh, they meet once a month, usually right before our meeting, so that we can hear from them um, about what uh, what they need, and they have a whole variety of things that are that are planned. And so, I'd like for our listeners to uh, you know just go in and, and Google Zero Reasons Why. You'll you'll see the hashtag. You'll see the uh, the website there, so that you can learn more about that. But um, so from your perspective, what what has impressed you most most about this effort, and in particular the students that have committed uh, to serving their their peers in in such a dramatic way yeah well that the kids themselves the teens themselves are the most dramatic uh, most impressive dramatic thing to see to watch them uh i think the first couple meetings we had there weren't teens involved yet or maybe that was the That's plan correct. that they hadn't right and so watching as they came on and then you know a couple of meetings ago them presenting the things that they'd been thinking about and these are kids from you know across the county so you've got DeSoto you've got you know Spring Hill you got Gardner, Blue Valley Gardner Edge, yeah all of it Shawnee Mission and uh these are some really thoughtful kids and they're living with this because they're you know these are issues that their friends are talking about and so to really try to get inside their heads and the truth is if somebody could have figured out the one thing you could do to solve teen suicide it would have been solved by now so even the mental health professionals are like okay these are some things we know but we're all still trying to you know people are still trying to figure that out that's the first time i'm aware of i'm sure it's happened in other places but the first time i'm aware of a group of teenagers helping to drive that process and uh again very impressive and the ideas that they've had and the goals that they've set are are uh you know great and i don't remember all of them i just remember the as they're talking through them i'm like wow these kids these kids have got some really great ideas for where we yeah. go. They they do, and and they've had three kind of pillars uh, that they've kind of uh, orchestrated for us to work on. And the first one we've already talked about, which is remove the stigma. Right. Let's make sure that we we have this as a conversation, both for our schools and our parents and our community, and and certainly for uh, for our kids. The second is to educate. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there are some myths related to this conversation about suicide. It, it is that if we continue to talk about it, it'll perpetuate more suicides, right? And we know that that's not necessarily true. There is uh, a part of educating ourselves about what is really happening in this space and the mental needs of people today. As you mentioned, it's not just uh, students. It's also you know parents and, and, uh, and adults as well. And then the last is I think the most powerful that we're starting to see come to fruition is connect right. bringing all of these sorts of resources that really we've we've had people that have been working in this area for years and done fantastic work this conversation i think has allowed us to bring all of those heretofore separate efforts together and yeah. really kind of form this collaborative that is uh, again focused and led by kids which i think is it's really cool and that's and very cool totally unique yeah well uh, i was sitting at that table this uh, this week at our meeting so rory is leading that conversation right. it was a blue valley kid and a uh, young man and roy uh, swenson yeah go roy <laughs> he's he's awesome i'm i am totally impressed with him and and this idea of having um you know one of the ideas on that was having a centralized website where you could access all you could see what all is available because you had all these people doing different things and yet nobody knows what the others are doing. And so I think that's really important. And then talking about how do we take that out into the community and 
you know, so at Resurrection, one of the things we're doing tied into this is we're compiling a database of all the churches and faith communities in the greater Kansas City area. And I just checked in a minute ago. We had 1,280 churches so far that we pulled together on this list, and we're working on adding more and getting emails and all that. And then preparing resources so that in September, which is the Suicide Awareness Month, National Suicide Awareness Month, we can send out resources to all of those churches and pastors, maybe some sample sermon ideas or some things that they could do to preach into this that suddenly you've got, I would hope, you know, if even half of those, if we got 600 and there's way more than 1200 that are out there. So let's say we got five or 600 faith communities, uh, Jewish, Muslim, Christian talking about this at the same time that month, you know, how many people will they touch? And if that's, you know, if that's two or 300 people per congregation, suddenly you're talking about some pretty big numbers of parents and teens who are hearing this in their, in their churches. But that all came out of you know, the conversations we've been having. Yeah, that's that's great and uh, absolutely necessary, as we talked about, right? We've, we've found areas of need and, and um, if you will, chasms kind of in our systems of uh, educating and connecting with one another. So thanks for doing that. You know, as we close, I always ask uh, three questions of our guests uh, related to the topic. And so uh, the first question is, is that um, we've been doing work um, in the area of teen suicide and mental health, uh, from your perspective, what do we need to continue to do that we're that we're already doing? Has kind of left us in a in a good point, but we can take that now and move it yeah. to a, a much better place. Well, I know in the schools. So you know, we well, all of us who are listening to this grew up with health class. You know, right. we had we had the health talks when we were little. Yeah. We had you know all that, and I know you're doing more with that in the schools today. But this idea of of addressing this in school, you know, in very specific ways, I think is really key. And and I know Blue Valley has been doing that for some time, but, but that this is a regular part of the curriculum. We're going to talk about how do we deal with stress? How do we deal with, de- with depression? What do we do when, you know, our heart's broken? How do we, I think teaching those kind of coping skills and letting people talk through those is really important. So I'd say that's, you know, that would be probably one of the top things in my mind on, sure. on the list is to keep doing that and to continue to figure out, okay, what kind of conversations we need to have. And then I think sharing, you know, so we're talking about that with our teenagers at youth group, you know, so what do youth groups need to be doing to have the same conversations? And then again, we're looking for resources this fall and what do churches need to do to have these same conversations? Awesome. Correct. Uh, That we just need to continue the conversation and how it kind of feeds into all other aspects of where kids live and where parents are and that sort of thing. So great. So the second question is, um, again, we've been in this conversation now for the better part of a, uh, of a year, a school year. Uh, what are some of the things that you believe that we should start doing? Yeah. Well, I don't really have an answer to that because I think we're, well, I do, have, I do have one answer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're throwing all these things out there, so I don't think I have anything new to add to that. But um, one thing that we're doing at Resurrection this fall, so we're going to have two weeks devoted to this in September. And part of what we want to do is prepare every person who's in worship that weekend to be, for want of a better word, maybe a hope distributor or a hope giver, you know, that they're looking to see what are the signs that somebody might be struggling with suicidal thoughts. What are the resources we can give them? What are the, what are the things, you know, there's certain things you don't want to say. So what are the things that you might do? to come alongside someone who might be wrestling with suicide. So I'm thinking we have about 13 or 14,000 people on a weekend at all of our campuses in Kansas City combined. And I'm thinking, okay, if I can give them tools and I can send 13 or 14,000 people out 
and and have them pay attention and notice. Do you see somebody in the workplace or somebody That's at school great. who is Absolutely. who is feeling this way? And then how can I equip them to be, you know, ready to offer hope, encouragement, just to sit with somebody or have the conversation with them? So, so I think that's one of those things that we're going to try to do. And I think the same is probably going to come out of our Zero Reasons Why is how are we helping teenagers help teenagers uh, to talk and to feel like somebody's there and cares. That's terrific. I, I really appreciate that because I think that many of our listeners um, are uh, business leaders in our right. community, right? They work in businesses where we're not immune from the very things that we're talking about in schools, right? Absolutely. And so the see something, say something, connect someone to a resource, I think is incredibly important exactly. for us all yep. to, to take out of this conversation. That's so right. thanks very much for, for doing that and leading that. So the last question is, and I think that this is uh, difficult for organizations because uh, particularly those that are service-oriented because we do so much and we want to continue to do so much. But we also have... Um, you know, an X amount of resource. So what are some of the things that we should maybe stop doing that are Mm. not necessarily getting us where we want or need to go in this conversation about uh, helping teens with uh, suicide and uh, mental health? So uh, twice in the last two months, I've uh, been aware of suicides where these were young people who were high-performing, high-capacity and didn't seem to have anything really, you know, quote, wrong, but felt a lot of pressure around performing and doing well. And so when that professor, you know, when that, uh, uh, you know, when those objectives or those goals weren't met, um, then, and it wasn't that anybody put that on them. They they felt it themselves. But, right. and, you know, again, we don't even, under, you know, in one of these, nobody still fully understands what happened. And the second one just was in the last week or so. And so I'm... But these were both, again, high-performing young people who who looked like they had everything. Right. You would never suspect it. Never right? suspect. Right. And so so I, I think there may be some somewhere in there uh, an awareness that that, too, can be an area where suicide, we wouldn't expect, but where suicide comes in. And so figuring out, are we cultivating too much pressure, mm-hmm. you know, on on some young people? And again, I don't think no, anybody would want to do that. So I'm not sure how it happens, but I think it's a worth worth asking. Is there anything that we do that might that? And I think again, the isolation. You know, we have a lot of people who are isolated now. They've got their digital devices, but right. but figuring out how we get people, you know, again reconnected in real physical relationships probably is important for all of us to look at. So what what might we take away to make more of that possible? And and I think those are probably topics for our Zero Reasons Why group Absolutely. to continue to have. Yeah. That- that's great. You know, we I heard it described by a student, and I think um, it might have been in our Zero Reasons Why group that talked about stress and pressure. The the student described it in this way: is stress is what is comes at me from the outside. Mm. There are stressors that are in our world. Right. Pressure is what I do to myself, mm. and helping students and moms and dads and business leaders, all of us understand the difference between the two and how we can cope with each of those, I think is an important part of this. And I really appreciate you hitting on this notion about we have to analyze what we're doing uh, in school, in work, in life that is uh, producing 
both of those, stress and pressure, and see if it's the right balance uh, that we have. Uh, because equilibrium is important in every facet of our life. Right. And, you know, if you think about it, too, all of us have moments. I mean, even as a 54-year-old guy, there are moments where you, where you feel down or you feel like, you know, I feel empty right now or whatever. That's just a part of life. Thinking about how do I... Okay, so most of us make it through those things and come out the other side. What helps us do that? Because there are some people who might be in a particularly vulnerable moment where they don't have that little extra resource to help them go. No, it's going to be fine. You're going to, make, you know, this is a short temporary moment, and you're going to make it through this other side. I mean, there, I don't know about you, but there are times where I'm overwhelmed with the job and the Absolutely. million plates that are spinning, and the and you know, then you got some really hard, difficult things going on, and you feel, you know, you feel maybe you know down for a period of time and then it's like uh but i got to remember i'm 54 years old and all those go away and there's always something good on the other right. side of that you know right. so you so i'm not somebody who's in danger of suicide but but knowing the feeling of despair in a moment or being really down and then how do we help how do we help ourselves be able to reclaim that oh yeah wait a minute look back you, you always made it through all those and look at all the good things that happened since then and then figure out how do we share that with others that's great well, Adam, thanks so much for, I know you're extremely busy, and uh, we so appreciate you taking the time to uh, stop and uh, participate in our podcast. But more so, we uh, we greatly appreciate um, who you are and who you have been for this community, not only for uh, the Church of the Resurrection, but Blue Valley in general. And uh, thanks so much for, uh, for leading us in many ways and participating in the Zero Reasons Why effort. Uh, it's been outstanding and because of a lot of people have been involved in it, but certainly because uh, you've been there. So thanks very much. Todd, thank you. And thanks. I would just reciprocate that and say for everything you do for this community, you have you have such uh, great influence here. And obviously the Blue Valley School is such a remarkable team you have that you've assembled here. And uh, we're proud of them as a, as a part of this community and really grateful for the impact you have on us. So thank you. Well, thanks, Adam. Well, thanks, listeners. That uh, concludes this uh, session of our podcast. We will continue this conversation again, as you know, because we follow up uh, each of these with uh, with another viewpoint, which will feature students. We mentioned Rory today, so we'll be speaking with Rory Swenson of Blue Valley North, as well as some students from Blue Valley High and a newly formed uh, club of fathers in the district, the Blue Valley Fathers Club, and their important work, again, around teen suicide and mental health. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, Thank you for your support of the Blue Valley Schools.